Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are so, so happy for this episode. It's an exciting episode uh, because we are joined by our friends. We don't know you very well, Katie, but we will. And we're going to be friends. Um, Katie and Eve. Absolutely. Who are the host. <laughs> yes. Who are the hosts of the new podcast on theme. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Yay. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you met and then how this podcast came to be. So I will say just the very barest minimum about myself, since I think a lot of your listeners um, will already be familiar with me. But for those of you who are just tuning in now, I am Eves. I am a writer and a podcaster. And if you have listened to Sminty before, then you've probably heard me on the female first episodes where I talk about different women in history who have their own respective first of their accomplishments and how they contributed to their specific lineages and industries and fields. And I am co-host, so one half of the podcast on theme, which is a podcast about Black storytelling. I have known Katie for a very long time, but since a lot of your audience may not know Katie, I'll let Katie talk about who she is and whatever. However you want to introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am Katie Mitchell. I am also the co-host of On Theme. And I am a bookstore owner. I'm a book writer, uh, amongst other things. <laughs> and I've known Eve since I was 10 years old. And we we used to work on school projects together. And this is our first adult project together. So that's exciting yes. for me. <laughs> oh, I love everything about that. <laughs> I was thinking we've known each other for 20 years now. And I was like, I'm really getting old because in my head, it's always 15. Like for some reason, mm. I got stuck at 15. Yeah. You know, I like to pretend I'm five years younger, I guess. 
in the in the rich history of black women actually <laughs> of staying at one age for a long time. I appreciate that. I want to like I, I want to like rich attach myself tradition. to that. Like I'm gonna stop. Yeah, know, just pick an age and like <laughs> I like it one. here. I'm gonna I'm stay there. Um, oh wow, twenty years though, since ten years old. That's a good friendship. Not many last that long, and I love that you like each other enough that you're gonna work together as adults. Yes, that's real. That's real. Break. For real. And we are committed to continuing to like oh, each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. I was so like, real. if we stop liking the podcast, we have to keep liking each other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a good rule. That's a good rule to have. Um, I'm interested in your your book writing bookstore side, Katie. Can you explain more about that? Oh, yeah. So I have a bookstore called Good Books. And um, during the pandemic is when, like, you know, everyone was, like, supporting Black businesses, especially Black bookstores. So it really took off. And I was approached by an agent. I was like, oh, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I feel like a lot of people just have like two, three books in them, like ready to go. And I was like, yes, I do. So I pitched a book about Black bookstores in the United States. And so that's what I'm working on now. So it's called Prose to the People. It's going to be a coffee table type book and um, lots of pictures, lots of documents, like all that good stuff. I'm really excited about it. I went around the country this summer talking to different Black-owned bookstores and just getting their stories down in one volume because currently the stories are all over the place. And I just want to have like that history and like those stories that, you know, didn't make it into the newspaper or onto the listicles, like somewhere that we can all really enjoy it and experience it together. That's amazing. That's I think so we're going to cool. need to put that on our uh, book club list. Oh, I love that. I think we're going to have to have you on for yes. the book club. Oh, yeah, that's coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You should come back and talk about it when it comes out. Uh, we would love that. <laughs> I, w- I am available to talk to anyone and everyone when it comes out. <laughs> awesome. How is the, the podcasting world been for you? Well, like for the, the book stuff is very slow. Hmm. And I came from the tech space before the book world. And I'm used to super fast, fast, like, why haven't you done this yet? And so I was bringing that energy to the book, the publishing world. They're like, girl, calm down. Like, who are you? But then with the podcasting stuff, when it's it like, you know, you have to put out something every week for our show. It's like, okay, it's like, this is more of the pace that I'm used to. So it's kind of like that whiplash, like, okay, am I supposed to be going fast and like doing stuff? Or am I supposed to like say that I'm going to have something by the end of the month and really mean like two months from now? Um, so it's definitely a balance working on two things at the same time with such different different paces. Yes. Yes, it is. I love that. Yeah. And then podcasting being like between those two things where it's like you maybe it's not like it's news turnarounds per se, where it's like we're still working on stories for an extended period of time. But you have to also maintain those quick publishing deadlines. And then there's me, <laughs> the person mm-hmm. who's like, trying to be very intentional about the way that I show up in terms of like how I value and view how productivity can look and should look for myself and trying to make sure that I manage that well. It's like, I also feel like very hard to do. Yes. Yes. I am right there with you on that one. Um, I think we're feeling both of those sentiments, like between uh, Katie (laughs) 
which you're you're a whole different level. We just finished the book writing process and we were like, what the hell is this? And being very different from podcasting uh, as well as trying to be intentional. And I think we forget to mention that Evesy, you used to be our executive producer slash my personal mentor because you were my <laughs> beginning really of trying to figure out the podcasting oh. world. It's true. Like I was thinking oh, about really? that. Yeah, because it was uh, Christopher who was there for a minute, but he was very hands off because he's like, I'm a white man. I'm not going to tell you mm-hmm. nothing. Like very <laughs> smart decision on his part. And then you came in. I was like, all right, I've got 10,000 questions. And you would actually sit with me to have this process. So I don't think we give you enough credit to be like, nah, she was a huge part of Smithy. Yeah, she did the extra work, but you really helped us put our show together as to what it is today. So I know like you you. being this pro and you and Katie doing this new work together, what does it look like going away from big media to being your own personal, this is what I want and being able to dictate what a podcast, what your podcast should look like? That's a good question. Um, I definitely feel lots of freedom in it. And I will say that I think it's just like a beautiful thing that Katie and I do get to work together. Like I know that we talked about that a little bit earlier, but I think like our shared love for something and Katie and I being able to talk about it in an intellectual, but also personally like edifying way where it's like we're talking to each other, we're learning things about each other in the way that we think generally through the conversations that we're having on the podcast. And it's just perchance that we are privileged enough to be able to share it with people and also be paid for it um, is a thing that's very lovely. So it's like our, yes, it's labor. Yes. And like, I get to have like share great moments and create great memories with Katie in the process of it. Um, So I think that's really nice. And to be able to do it on our own terms in so many ways, because there's not like, there's not like really, in reality, like limitations to that as well, but it's still very rewarding. And we're also talking about things that are just really fun on the podcast. Like we're talking about haters (laughs) and like, (laughs) when do we get to do that in a way that is like structured and (laughs) it's written and there's narrative around it, but like it's about haters. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's been nice um, moving from that, side of it to like this side of it and doing it in this specific way. Uh, I'm proud of you. You all are doing such (laughs) good things. (laughs) Thank you. Well, uh, so when we were talking about, we were very excited uh, to have you both on and we were talking about what uh, this episode could be. The pitch uh, that you sent along is these, the three reasons we need black stories and why a show like on theme is so important. Um, so can you break that down for us? So today we're talking about three reasons why we need Black stories. Obviously, that is relevant to our podcast on theme. It is all about Black storytelling in all its forms. And there are probably infinite reasons why we need Black stories. And that is very evident in the way that Black stories have persisted over time and how integral they are in our literal day-to-day lives. But we broke it down to three reasons um, that are top of mind for us and that I think everybody would be able to relate to. And the first one of those reasons is about self-definition. So Katie and I have talked about self-definition before. I know it's something that's important to Katie. And we also briefly talked about self-definition in one of our recent episodes of the podcast, A Love Letter to Black Stories. But I know Katie has some thoughts on self-definition. So Katie, if you want to 
tell me a little bit about what self-definition means to you and why it's such an important part of Black storytelling. Definitely. With self-definition, I think it's it's especially important with Black stories because Black people have been the subject of stories for a very long time. We still are the subject of stories, but it was at a certain point in history, and we're seeing that a little bit now where it it was not allowed for Black people to tell their own stories or we had to tell our own stories secretly, right? Like they couldn't be written down. They could only be passed orally. And that does something to uh, a people when you're not allowed to talk about yourself. You're only the subject of the story written by people who frankly do not like you or frankly have like an agenda or want to, you know, perpetuate a certain message and have this propaganda so that the rest of the world feels this way about you. So with Black storytelling, and we're focusing on stories that are, you know, like written by Black people, um, aimed towards Black people, it's like we just get to say who we are. And who we are is, you know, different. Who we are, we might not agree with some of the things some people do. And I think that's really important too, because, you know, telling who you are, whether people like it or not, whether people agree or not, and... That also changes too. I think one of the things that I found in doing this podcast is who you are isn't stagnant um, and that's okay. And we see that with a lot of the stories that we are examining where people have a, a long career of telling stories and telling stories about themselves or telling stories about the Black um, diaspora. It changes because like our viewpoints change how we think about things change. And so that piece of self-definition is like always evolving, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I think that it's just really important to be able to do that in a way that is like, it's important from a personal standpoint. So it's like when we write and we share things with others, we're getting things out on the page that we're able to express in so many different ways. So it can be cathartic in so many ways. And there is a lot of discovery that can happen within that process of writing itself and creating, but also in the editing process. So it's like also an exercise of that change over time that Katie was talking about, because it can happen in those very small moments of writing. And that can even change when we publish things and put them out to other people. Um, So yeah, it's very uh, impactful to be able to use our storytelling in those ways. And also in Black Feminist Thought, Patricia Hill Collins, in that book, she talks about the power of self-definition and how important it is and how it is such a pin in the idea of Black feminist thought, um, the idea of self-definition and of finding a voice to be able to express this collective idea of what self-definition means for Black women. Speaking of feminism, it reminds me of that Audre Lorde quote. You know the one. Talk about it. Um, Okay. (laughs) If I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. So it's like, you have to get out in front of it. And like, this is who I am. And whatever from the outside that you're projecting onto me, that's your issue. Like, you got to deal with that because like, I already know who I am. And when you're able to stand in that, that's power, right? And so I feel like with storytelling, that's one way that we're able to stand in who we are by just putting it out there, telling our own stories and not letting 
the the stories and fantasies and fictions of other people and other groups dictate how we are. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that Patricia Hill Collins talks about is like the idea of it. Literally, survival is at stake. So like when we're talking about self-definition, it is an exercise of survival as well. And it is that way and so much in the way that we talk about Black storytelling on our podcast, Katie, like we're talking about our persistence. We're talking about our existence in general and how we continue to survive and thrive across generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not just personal survival, like survival of tradition, survival of recipes, survival of healing techniques. That's all passed down through stories. Um, And it's, it's the reason why we're still here. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Eve, you said a term, collective self-discipline, and I find that just a fascinating term in itself uh, because it has that broader picture, but when you say uh, collective self-discipline, how would you define that for me? Like just that term in itself, such, such a broad term, but almost like an opposite. Okay, so 
I guess this does kind of lead into another one of our points. So I think maybe we can move on to the second point in this one because I don't want to step on our own toes because I think that question that you have, Samantha, is related to it. And that's another one of our points that our stories are that evidence, our evidence that Black folks are like not a monolith. They are documentation of that. And so uh, there is self-definition, but of course, when we talk about Black storytelling, like that means so many different things because the idea of Blackness is that in the in a Black diaspora is an idea of a collective in general. So while we have our own individual selves and our own individual perspectives and experiences that we move through this world within, we are also identifying with our Blackness at the same time, which is in itself a collective. So uh, those two things are a both and, like they both exist at the same time. But within that realm and all of the storytelling that we do, we're able to see so many different, all of the different sides of all of the different things. And all of the stories that we tell in all of these different ways show that there is no one specific consciousness that encompasses all Black people. There are different ways that people think. We live in different times. We're colored by the different times that we live in. We are colored by the way that our parents raise us and any other people who are in our kinship circles have raised us and taught us things. We're colored by the way that things are passed down over generations, through lineages, through our blood. Um, we're colored by how we choose to act in the world, how we're conditioned and how we choose to show up in the world every day, our religions, our spiritualities. And so all of that shows up in the work that we are doing. And by their fourth, like being a Black person who is creating a work and sharing it with the world, we are within that entire realm, like defining for ourselves who we are and how we want to share that with the world. Perfectly explained. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for being able to read my mind. Yeah, I understood what you were saying. <laughs> I think another thing with Black stories showing that Black people aren't a monolith goes to our really current times of like book banning. And I think one of the things around book banning is like the politics of respectability. Like, oh, you're painting this group in a bad light. Like there's a lot of um, bands around queer people. It's like, oh, you're talking about that gay stuff too much. And oh, you're talking about um, racism and like all these horrible acts of violence too much. And that's going to make someone feel bad. But it is a part of just like the collective story. And so instead of saying we need less of these stories, just we we need more of every story. Um, and I think that's what On Theme is really getting at. Because, you know, we're going to be talking about queer people. We're going to be talking about acts of violence. We're going to be talking about haters and obituaries and advice columns. Like, it, it's all a story. And it has all these different perspectives. Um, and they're going to be all Black, but they're very diverse, too, in how they're approaching things. And some people are going to be real liberal. Some people are going to be real conservative. Some people are going to be progressive. I don't know if we're going to get into the libertarians and all that good stuff, but, you know, like, <laughs> why not? We Next come season. from different, different vantage points, and we're going to be looking at all of that. 
Eves and I come from different vantage points on a lot of things. Um, and, you know, we, we get to have those conversations. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're, we're still black, we're still telling stories, but, you know, we have different opinions and that's, that's what makes this a good conversation and a conversation worth having. Yeah. And I think that's a good point to lead into our next reason why we need black stories is connecting with people and ideas across time and space. So in that regard, Katie, thinking about how when we interact with all of the media that we're talking about, it's not always from this current era. It's not always contemporary work. A lot of the times we're reading things that are from historical sources. um, And we will read things. And I think a lot of y'all listeners know if they listen to the other Female First episode. And like we just talked about, if y'all have listened to the episode, Um, about Susie King-Taylor. She was involved in the Civil War. She was a nurse and she did domestic work and so many other things, but she had a lot of firsts and she wrote a memoir about her experiences um, as an enslaved person and then after emancipation and the post-war years and going into the early 1900s and how so many of the things that people like her and so many other people that we read about or learn about in other different forms of media say things and we're like, wait a second, that was that was the early 1800s or that was the early 1900s. And I still, I understand what you're saying. I'm coming from the same perspective and like Susie King-Taylor calling back to her again. She was like, I, I see that there is some progress that has been made since emancipation happened. And now I'm living in the 1900s, but I'm like questioning whether or not all of the work that I did and contributed to this Civil War effort was even worth it. What did it really mean for the Union forces to win? And what did it really mean that I was involved in it, even though, you know, there is still segregation and racism and lynching is happening? Um, what do our efforts really mean? Questioning things like that, that you'll go back in sources and on so many other topics, like it, it doesn't even have to be um, about racism per se or the effects of white supremacy or anything like that. It can be things that are about joy. Like it doesn't have to be things that are just really devastating. It's like, oh, I saw that they experienced Black joy in the same way that I experienced Black joy today. And it's really affirming and also enlightening at the same time to see that People in these works that we are reading today experienced things in similar ways to the way we experience them today. Yeah, it's that connection, right? Like you, sometimes we can feel like very alone. I feel like this a lot, like during these unprecedented times. I'm like, oh no, the world, <laughs> why, why must I have been born in this time? Why am I on this timeline? But then you're like, wait, everyone low-key feels that way because there's always something. There's mm-hmm. always something. And um, I love the James Baldwin quote where he's like, you think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world, but then you read. But that goes the same like you were saying, Eves, for joy. I was reading the autobiography of an ex-colored man last night. And he was in Atlanta talking about how when you're on the street and Black people just be laughing and loud and running around (laughs) laughing. I'm like, no, that's so Atlanta. Like, that's so 2023 Atlanta, you know? And, you know, that book's written like 100 years ago. But, like, some things are just what it is. And I think that's very comforting. And it also reminds me as someone who is putting out work myself, 
that I will not know the impact of it all. Like I'll be gone and my words, um, whether they're written or, you know, on an audio platform, like there's, they'll still be reaching people into the future. And it's, it's really beautiful to have that conversation across time and across space that you might not truly be privy to, but you're, you're definitely in that conversation. Like I'm in conversation with um, authors from the early 1900s, from the 1800s. They don't know me. <laughs> I don't know them beyond their work, but it's still influencing me. I love that. That's so true. You don't, You never know. Like someday in the future, somebody listening to this who really needed to hear it. Like that's so powerful and the power of storytelling. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, it exists far beyond what we're able to know, um, which I think is like the magic in it. I was just, Katie, I was just going <laughs> to use the word magic because I was like, because that's, it is what it is because, you know, you're able to reach across time in those different ways. You essentially become a time traveler when you're reading works from the past, but also knowing that you are a part of what people will be enjoying. So it's like you're merging different timelines into one. And it is really cool how that can become like a source of current inspiration for us. Like it's the thing that is pushing us forward in this current time to continue making work. Because I think that's the other thing about being a storyteller and like talking about storytelling and being able to reach back into other people's stories is that like, I remember why I'm doing what I'm doing so it becomes a great source of encouragement for me and also helps me realize that the work I'm doing is purposeful and it does have a specific place within a broader realm of all of the work and all of the things that we do here um, on Earth. Absolutely. And it, it is the power of stories and sharing those. And then, like you said, how those, like your own interpretation of that can change over time and based on what the person meant when they wrote it like it's just really fascinating to think about how that evolves and changes and still calls this conversation and we can still relate to it even if it's been a hundred years or if it will be a hundred years from now that's just how powerful storytelling is yeah yeah and something that I'm really happy we can offer to people on on theme um, in ways that I hope that they connect to really well and like are able to continue that conversation because it is like it, storytelling is a collaborative effort. I mean, if we think about all of the practical ways in which it's a collaborative effort and so much of Black storytelling, like call and response, um, or we're talking about oral storytelling and we're thinking about all of the ways at family gatherings, per se, in which stories morph over time and we're playing these games of telephone and things that happen and actually didn't, didn't actually happen in the more casual and conversational storytelling that happens in Black spaces, that it is collaborative. And I hope that people find this current instance of Black storytelling that On Theme is to be that kind of collaborative effort in the same way that so many other Black stories are and that they feel empowered and excited to participate and know that their part in the storytelling as storytellers themselves because they too have their own stories to tell and own insights to share with people who will continue to find use in them in this this moment and like beyond. Yes. Snag a job is where America goes to hire 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. And I really, really love that you're looking at things that I think maybe a lot of us wouldn't think of when we first think of stories like obituaries or haters. Like, I like thinking about that, too, when you go to someone's apartment and you're like, oh, I can tell, like, kind of the story of your life just based on what you have. (laughs) Like, there's so many ways to tell stories. It doesn't have to be, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to look one way. So I love that you are exploring all of those avenues because I think that's really important. Yeah, stories are everywhere. And we're trying to, we're trying to go everywhere with this, with this show. Awesome. Well, can you give us a preview? Like, what are some topics you have out? What are some you're looking forward to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've talked to Donovan X. Ramsey about the crack era. He has a book out called When Crack Was King. And so we talk about the storytelling 
that was going on during the crack era and how that exacerbated it. Um, what happened, What how the storytelling changed when the people who were using crack changed. Um, so that was a really fun conversation to have with him. So knowledgeable, been writing the book for years. I think it's really nice to talk to authors who've like, been writing and like this has been their life and I just get to like soak up all their knowledge with like half the work or not even half the work like a fraction of the work they've done like I just get to read your book that you work so hard on (laughs) and now I know what you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to talking about um passing racial passing in the black community um he said obituaries haters the advice column episode what I'm really looking forward to with this show is like looking at stories that we think we we kind of know what was going on and just like turning it a couple of degrees and looking at it a different way. And like, well, did you think about it like this? So that's what I have been finding like really fun in the research I've been doing is just looking at things just a slightly different way and getting like a whole new like vibe on it. Yeah, I think Katie put that really well. Um, I'm excited about all those topics, too. Y'all know we're in the midst of spooky season, and y'all know (laughs) we've had conversations before on this show about how much I love all of the spooky things. So I'm looking forward to some episodes we're having on on theme about magic and about horror, which is seasonally relevant and something that I get excited for every year. So I'm looking forward to that, too, and all of the ones that Katie mentioned. And yeah. Black storytelling is infinite. Like it can, we can have topics until the end of days. And I'm just looking forward to like the very small sliver of that deep, deep well we'll be able to touch in this show. I'm excited. I'm excited. I do have one question though. From what you've researched so far, what is something, one, just one thing that you're like, oh my God, what? I didn't know this or this changed my perspective. I feel like I have an answer for you. Okay. The answer for me then. So I think one thing that Eve's perspective changed on was a very popular trope in Black horror. And she was like 10 toes down on her opinion <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. And then by the end of the episode, she was like, actually, I changed my mind. Oh, <laughs> a little teaser. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now we definitely have to tune in for that one. I didn't know. Yeah. I was very hard. Like, I have a whole theory about why I don't like this thing. And then that got turned around by the end of the episode. And I feel differently about it now. And I'm sure that'll keep happening into the future. Like, I do know that Katie and I have a lot of things that we want to talk about that are kind of antithetical to what we would typically think. And maybe broad opinions that have been formed about certain topics that we like to, like, look into um, other sides of. So that's definitely something we want to do with the show. That's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming on. Anytime, you're welcome. Katie, definitely come back when your book is out um, and we can talk about it. <laughs> yes. Y'all are first on my stop. <laughs> well, we don't have to be first, but anytime you have time, you're... you're <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've claimed it now. I heard it. I, I wrote it. Di- I'm writing it down. Reverse. But you know, I think before 
also before we move on, because both of you are avid readers, writers, all the things, way more than I could ever be. But uh, what is one book that you would recommend that we all should be reading at, at this point? At this point, um, and then we're going to what is one movie? I want, I want both of those. Ooh, oh God! Gosh, yeah, give this me. stresses me out. Oh no! <laughs> this really stresses me out. So I feel like I want Katie to just answer both of these questions. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. One book that I think everyone should be reading. I'm very partial to ZZ Packer's Drinking Coffee Elsewhere. It's a collection of short stories that I just find very hilarious and. When I first encountered it, I was in this space where I could not read a full-length novel to save my life. It was like everything was going on in the world and I just like could not focus. And I was like, what can I do? So it was like short stories. And I hadn't really been into short stories before. So I feel like I just lucked up in reading hers first because then I was like, okay, I like really like these short stories. So that's one book I would recommend. And then one movie... It really has nothing to do with like the times now, but I just think it's hilarious. And I would also like to do an episode on this movie. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm ready to hear it too, because I don't know what it's going to be. Are you familiar with Hootie Tang? <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Have you seen it? It's been a very long time. I feel like I watched the edited version as well. <laughs> you know how it kind of pops up every now and again? Oh, yeah, like on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know I've never forgotten the full well, understanding. I I first watched this movie when I was a child, like had no business watching this movie. But like one of the big things in the movie is that the main character, Pootie Tang, like never says any actual words. He says like just like nonsensical phrases like, Tippy-tay, sign your pity on the runny kind. So, but when I was a child, like I understood what he was saying. So then when I watched <laughs> oh. it again as an adult, I was looking at it like, did they change the words to this? Like, what's going on? Like he used to, I used to know what he was saying and now I don't. So that was always funny to me. I was like, not me speaking Pootie Tang back in the day and not realizing it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, a very fun movie. It's like a movie that is like supposed to be like a joke, but it's really deep when you think about it. And that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> yeah, save the oh, rest of the episode. I can't wait for this episode. <laughs> like all these, all these teasers happening here. I so know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, Eves, do you want to escape the question or do you, do you have an answer? <laughs> I'm escaping the question. I'm going to let okay, that okay. I'm gonna let that resonate. That a, yeah. note of Pootie Tang just... I'm going to let that say. Yeah. That was a high and, note. That, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to keep that on. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you both so much for coming on. Can you tell the good listeners where they can find you, where they can get your podcast, subscribe, all that stuff? Yep. So um, you can find me and Katie at on theme show. If you're on Instagram, that's where you can follow us and keep up with everything that we're doing and know when new episodes are launching. Uh, episodes of on theme come out every single Thursday. You can already listen to a bunch of them. And I think that's it. You can find me personally, Eves, at not apologizing. You can also go to my website at evesjeffcoat.com. That's spelled Y-V-E-S-J-E-F-F. C-O-A-T.com if you want to keep up with me. And Katie, do you have any other shout outs you would like to give? My bookstore is called Good Books and it's at Good Books ATL on Instagram and goodbooksatl.com. 
Yes. When do we need to start looking for your book, by the way, Katie? Um, 2025. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just so that it's in the back of my <laughs> The, uh, the exhaustion in your voice, I understand, <laughs> on a visceral level. We hear this, yeah. Real, real, real. So were y'all writing a podcast book, or what type of book were y'all writing? It was, uh, it was part of like a package deal for this, so it was a, about this show, kind of. Um, but okay. it was exhausting and stressful. That's what I was <laughs> And it's just fallen to the wayside. <laughs> well, uh, you can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Steph One Never Told You. We have a tea Public store and we do have a book. You can get it at StephanieShouldReadBooks.com or wherever you get your books. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You's production by iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.